You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Johnson. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's 666 Park Avenue After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424 424- 256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's 666 Park Avenue After Show. Hey guys, Bing is for doing, and we are here doing the 666 Park Avenue After Buzz show. This was episode three of the first season, and the title is The Dead Won't Stay Dead. We're pretty sure it's stay. The DVR said the dead won't stay dead, but we've met and we think it's stay dead. <laughs> so there's only two ladies in the house tonight, so I'm here with Sophia Stanley. Mm-hmm. And I'm JJ Jerkin, so we're just going to break down the show for you tonight with the two of us. <laughs> Well, you know what? I actually loved the pace of the show today. Um, You know, JJ and I watched it together before, and I definitely screamed and jumped a couple of times. Um, But the first topic that we're going to be talking about is Olivia and Sasha. Um, And, you know, again, Jane is her normal, curious self and um, is investigating more into the building and finds a, you know, from the previous episode, she had been locked in a secret room Mm -hmm. and the scene opens and and she is trying to find her way out. Her cell phone is dying. And luckily, you know, her very cute boyfriend comes and <laughs> saves the day. Um, but more importantly, right before that happens, she hears something. Um, and, you know, they have another conversation, basically, where she's trying to express what she heard and that mm-hmm. there must be someone down there. He basically is like... I think you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that's going to play out not only throughout the episode, whether or not she's crazy and she's hearing things, but whether or not he believes her and whether or not he just thinks that, that she's a little bit too skittish. Yeah. And what she starts off hearing right away is the little girl again and the girl saying and what she says is, um, go, go away. You know, so kind of we start realizing that this girl is going to be giving her some warnings and some more insights into what's going on there because she, she knows stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, then, you know, she, again, she talks to Henry and she basically says she wants to find out more about the room because she's looking at the plans that Gavin gave her. And she's realizing that not only is that room not on the plans, but there's duck work that's going directly through the room. So there has to be something mm-hmm. there and someone must have known or it must have been in the original plans. Um, and I think it's very telling that Henry basically states you know, like, don't, 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 don't keep looking around. Like, she wants to ask Gavin for the original blueprints. And he's like, you know, everything is going so great here. Like, I really <laughs> like, like it here. I'm going to the club tonight with Gavin. <laughs> like, please, like, just stop being so curious. But as we can see, she doesn't heed that warning. Nope. And she goes directly to Gavin and asks for, um, you know, the blueprints. Um, the old blueprints, and then we find out that um, it is actually the 10-year anniversary of the death of his daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was, um, I think, 
I think the little girl is his daughter. Do you have a feeling about that? And you like, know what's funny about that? I that is initially what I thought, but then the age didn't make sense later on in in the episode. So initially, I, I thought that as well. Yeah, I think you're, I I agree with that. Like I was trying to put it together too, and I know she was born in 1984, so I was thinking the age didn't as well. But then I thought, well, she had said um, what maybe made me think that maybe she still is their daughter is because um, Olivia was like, you remind me of Sasha when she was little. She was so curious. She was always looking around. She was so... I was thinking that maybe it could be her at that earlier stage before um, as she started to get older. They said she was slipped away from them and she started changing. So I was thinking that it still might be her in her early, like, really curious days and maybe the way Jane is kind of going around the hotel that she was... That is actually a very good point. I don't know. I think it's definitely something to be considered. I think that's a really great point, especially given the fact of the curiosity and they obviously have a connection. Yeah. We'll see. We'll definitely (laughs) see. We'll definitely see. But, you know, and I think that one of the amazing things about Gavin's character and, and how well it's played is that there's a moment when you really think Gavin's going to get upset. Like when, you know, she's inquiring, she's saying there's a secret room and she wants the old blueprints, you know, especially given the nature of the day that it is. And then he just switches it up and he goes, oh, it's a great idea. Yeah. And and I really didn't see that coming. And I love that in television when I can't anticipate mm-hmm. the next move that a character is going to make. Um, but then I also thought to myself, oh, this isn't good. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be trouble. It's going to be trouble because yeah. whatever she's snooping around, it's never a good thing. Yeah. And I I like that point about Gavin. Like, I think that I love watching him as an actor because he's he's so good at this role. But you don't know what, what he's going to do next, you know? So it's not – whereas I I think sometimes in the other parts that we've talked about the writing and stuff, it is like, oh, you know, you kind of see things coming. Or you, But with him, you never know what's going to come out of his mouth and what he's going to do next or how he's going to handle the situation. I think that's really refreshing. Exactly. And and I think it was, and again, and even when, you know, he's obviously talking to Jane and he basically mentioned, you know, given the day that it is, he would love her to spend some time, you know, with Olivia. And again, I didn't see that coming. Um, and then I think it's also, he's obviously very aware that they've made a connection whether or not that's because he wants her to make a connection with her or that they really do genuinely have a bond together. Um, And I just thought it was not only amazing how how the door opened and the elevator opened and, and, you know, Olivia, played by Vanessa Williams, just walks in so effortlessly, like so immaculately dressed with bags of (laughs) bags. You know, obviously early in the morning, she woke up shopping. Um, You know, Jane asked her to lunch. Yeah, well, he Gavin made some comment like she doesn't deal, I can't remember exactly exactly what he, he said, said but he doesn't deal yeah destructive and then that's when we see like all the bags I'm like yeah she destroyed the stores today right? <laughs> um, and then I thought it was just it was just so fitting though how after Jane so nicely asked her to lunch she looks at Gavin kind of like okay I know you made this girl ask me to lunch but then she was like oh I'll meet you downstairs in an hour so you can change your yeah. clothes like, it was totally. just so perfect because she literally dressed her down but in the quickest way yeah. that you were like okay she's kind of right yeah. it's not like we're going to expect Olivia to slum it just because they're going yeah, to lunch together. Yeah. yeah, she's great. She's great. Well, let's talk about the lunch. Uh, I thought we both got a chuckle when she just, you know, proceeds to just ask her blatantly, like, oh, how's the sex life? <laughs> I was like, oh, well. And then and she I, says, healthy. Right. <laughs> Well, I think it's so funny because I think she was like very, very nice. Yeah. And then Olivia was kind of like, well, very nice isn't always very nice. (laughs) And then she was like healthy. But I think, again, I think it it shows that 
part of the reason I think that uh, that Gavin and Olivia as a couple are so um, so seductive and so attractive, but at the same time a little unnerving, is because they have no filter. And I think yeah. they have no filter for various reasons, but one of which is that they're at the top of the totem pole, and it's like they can basically do whatever they yeah. want, which includes kind of a slight invasion on someone's privacy because who's really going to tell them no? And I think there really are no consequences. So who cares if Jane doesn't like her? Yeah. She's still yeah. Olivia Duran. Like, <laughs> so I think that that allows her a certain kind of just like, oh, I, I want to know. Because, you know, you obviously have an yeah. extremely attractive boyfriend that obviously everyone's buzzing about. So she wants to know, you know, the details. Yeah. And she's always making comments like that. Like when they were had the dinner before and she's mm-hmm. like, oh, you better keep your hands on him because a guy like him's going to get snatched up, which yeah. is again a kind of diss to Jane. Like who Jane is hot as well, you know, but she always kind of undercuts her a little bit with some of those comments. It's very much yeah. so. Very much so. And I think that it was... It was great because, you know, I love when Vanessa Williams is on screen because I think that it just changes the dynamics. Yeah. And I think that that both the Jane Jane and Olivia together, I think that was just a really great scene because, you know, she's starting to, to reveal more about her daughter. She's talking about it, mm-hmm. um, which I think Jane, you know, feels very um, honored that she feels comfortable enough to talk to her in that manner. Um, but I thought the way that it switched from, from kind of, you know, Olivia asking for one more drink and all of a sudden they're in a Porsche in the middle of New York, probably presumably going, gosh knows how fast and just seeing when, when Olivia, you know, shifted the gears and was mm-hmm. like, toe heel, toe heel. Yeah, I was on a mission. I, very yeah. much so. And, and you could see that not only was Jane, scared but there was a moment when you really thought to yourself like where's olivia yeah like her head obviously isn't here and does she have any concern or regard for the fact that there's someone else in the car and this was a different side to her than we've seen in the last two episodes because she always is very in control very put together very just kind of you see you always saw her as part of gavin's like plant you know that they were a team so this was the first time we've seen her away from him really like like you said, kind of questioning, well, maybe she isn't that stable. Now she's, you know, we see her cry. We see her going through all these emotional things in this episode that we never got to see before. Completely. And I think that the fact that she just so blatantly said, oh, no, she she meant to hit the wall. Mm-hmm. I thought that was telling. So it was literally that I think she was she was trying to live out the action because she obviously felt guilty for a reason. Yeah. And as we come to find out, you know, there was a note left. You know, her daughter really did commit suicide. And towards the end of the scene, you know, we find out that Gavin is unaware mm-hmm. that there's a note mm-hmm. and she's been carrying that burden. And I think that, again, it shows that Jane is more than just curious because the fact that Jane basically says, like, you should tell him you shouldn't be carrying this burden for 10 years, I think shows, again, that she is very – Jane doesn't really have a filter, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and it may not necessarily be appropriate for her to have that – to kind of push Olivia in that way. But then we come to find out on the bench that maybe on some standpoints, Olivia feels guilty for a reason, you know, because maybe the fact that she put her child in this situation, as we saw on the note, and we luckily had time to pause it real quick, um, you know, and and the note seems like it said that Gavin is evil Mm -hmm. and that there's no way out. Mm -hmm. And so presumably Sasha thought that the only way out for her was literally the final out yeah yeah definitely and you wonder too it makes me curious as to 
I mean, I always thought that Olivia was so aware of everything that Gavin was doing, you know, so then that made me think that maybe not so much, you know, if even because I think as a mother, if if she knew all these things and that her daughter was I mean, I got the sense that she didn't. And maybe I could be wrong on this one. I'll hear what you think, too. But it seemed like that. Um, Olivia wasn't aware of all the things that Sasha had seen or been through or experienced, you know, for her to not to be able to understand. I mean, obviously, a suicide, a cry for help when no one's, you know, listening or can feel your pain. And I think if if Olivia knew all of some of the things that Gavin was maybe doing back then, it would I would think that a mother would protect their child and be on their side. So I'm interested to see what's going to come out of that. And, and it's funny, and, and the only reason that I agree with you to a, a certain point, but but I think there's another layer, and part of this, I think, is some of the things that I've read, one of which is even just, I think, what she said to Jane. I think the fact that she said that that they're both very similar and they're vo- both very curious, I think mm-hmm. that's telling. I think that there's also the underlying layer that maybe Sasha was was not necessarily a clairvoyant, but was aware of things on an emotional level that maybe she couldn't express. And I think there's Mm. something to be said when she said it was around 15 that I lost her. So something obviously must have happened that Olivia is not aware of, but Olivia knew that at that kind of time demarcation, she lost her and she was never able to reach her. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also, I think, and I can't remember the article, but the article also mentioned that basically Gavin and Olivia's relationship is very similar to, quote unquote, let's say a mob wife, where initially when when they got together, she knew that he wasn't necessarily... Like a mailman. Yeah. But she didn't necessarily know that he was a mobster. And so I think that's part of the dynamic where I think that Olivia is aware of what's going on. But to the extent, I'm not quite sure. Mm-hmm. And especially when you think to yourself your own child. Because in, mm-hmm. on uh, on the previous episode, when she mentioned Sasha, I made the assumption that Sasha wasn't Gavin's daughter. Huh. I just somehow oh, I was just like, oh, no, that must have been the price she had to pay from a previous relationship. Uh-huh. I never thought that that was the child of their union. So I would assume that she would also think regardless of what Gavin does and does not do, he would never involve his child in that equation. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So I, I, I think it's kind of twofold. I, I think there's just another layer to Gavin that maybe even Olivia isn't 100 percent aware of. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Woo-hoo. No, yes. and I mean, I just, and again, it's like, it's it's great TV. And I think that, you know, there's something to be said about amazing TV. And and one of the things here at After Buzz TV, <laughs> um, you know, obviously some of you guys listen to us um, on iTunes and some of you watch us on YouTube. But for those of you who listen to our podcast on iTunes, it is extremely important for you to go on there and rate and comment. We read everything. It helps us to figure out if we're doing a good job. Also, we love to hear your analysis of the characters, of the subject. And, and more importantly, we like to hear like what you think about what we're doing Mm -hmm. so that we can always do a better job but you also have to tell a friend so all you do is you go to itunes.com you type in our show and you type in after buzz tv and it pops up and you can subscribe rate comment and tell a friend because only when you tell a friend does it travel all the way around (laughs) the world because we're in like 75 countries it's absolutely amazing um so that everyone can be aware of how amazing 66 park avenue is Mm -hmm. and we did want to actually say thank you to a couple 
couple people who put some comments for us. We have Slim BB and who said, uh, I've recently found AfterBuzz TV podcasts and enjoy several ongoing discussion panels, but this group is the best. Thank you. Maybe because 666 Park Avenue is such an interesting plot and format, so they have great material. But for whatever reason, they just provide insightful discussion without being stuffy. They really seem to enjoy both the show and each other, which we do. We have a blast here. So we love, we thank you so much for taking the time to write this. Um, Same to you, VI Bun. So, yeah, so definitely tell your friends. Keep giving us, for you know, comments. We also love to hear, like, where you think the show's going or, you know, add in the conversation. And we'll bring it in here and discuss topics that you want to see us discuss, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we had the character... Annie this week. So it seems like each week there's going to be somebody that has a certain storyline, little uh, guest star throughout the line. So so Annie was our one for the week who was interesting because Annie was an obituary writer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, who was just kind of, you know... Doing her thing, not her huge, not really enjoying her career, not the writing that she wanted to be doing, you know, not at the level she wanted. And then she kind of runs in with Gavin and gets a deal. And and you know what's funny is that I, even though I knew what was happening, it was so subtle, I didn't realize that there was a deal to be made. Mm-hmm. Even though there was a moment where, you're, you know, he was like, you need to be a little bit more creative. I still was thinking, okay, no, he's just pushing her in the right yeah. direction. That wasn't actually a deal that she was making because the intention didn't seem there. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like, for lack of a better word, it didn't seem like there was a meeting of the minds, but Well, she didn't seem, was. like, super desperate to where yeah. she wasn't like, I'll do whatever I can to yeah. have this career. So, yeah, yeah, it was just kind of in passing the conversation this yeah. time. Yeah, very much so. But then, you know, and it's funny because, you know, as she sits down and she, you know, says to herself, I'm going to make it more creative. And you see her looking around her apartment and she (laughs) sees the book on Russia and she sees some other things. I still was like, no, but you can't make up an obituary. <laughs> like, does, you're does asking person, for it. <laughs> does this person have like not a fan? Like, they yeah. don't have family. They don't have anything. Like, but and then part of me was like, okay, when she was in the taxi and she's running late, and the taxi driver, you know, says, oh, it's you know a, a funeral for a diplomat, and then she hears on the radio. I literally, I think that was one of the first moments when I was like. Oh, uh-huh. this is on some next level. Mm-hmm. Like this is like even I think I had even though we're only three episodes in, I think I was underestimating Gavin. Yeah, what, and, his and today powerful. I realized I was like, oh, okay, no, like this is <laughs> this is a little bit different because for you to be able to shift things on that level, because then you're really yeah. shifting things well beyond the yeah. Drink. Yeah, to- totally. His reach is, yeah, he made it, he said an interesting thing to her when they were talking about that and she was kind of freaking out about it. And um, he said that, you know, well, the man was an American hero. And she's like, he's like, you want to take that away from him? And then he said, you want to take that away from you? So, you know, and then got her thinking, well, no, she kind of liked having this, you know, having this glory, you know, getting some more oomph behind her stories and stuff. But then, you know, and, and, and I, I got it in the moment, but then part of me was thinking to myself, what part of you as a journalist says, okay, perfect, but then as I keep going up the food chain, someone's going to check my work, yeah. and how am I going to explain this? Like, how am I going to, how am I going to explain where I got the facts from? Yeah. Y- you know, but then at the same time, I was like, okay, no, she's literally, she's literally on this high, and then it's obvious that as she changes things, then what does she do? She, when the, you know, her coworker says, your mom would be really proud of you, and she says, oh, I want to, you know, call 
call, makes a phone call, says, I want to make a retraction to an article or to a story I, I did a month ago. I actually got confused because I was thinking, oh, no, no, you just wrote the story. You can't yeah. retract it. It wasn't a month ago. But then we see it's actually that she wants to make a retraction to her mother's obituary. Mm-hmm. And her mother obviously must have just passed away. Yes. Yeah. So then she makes that change, too. And then I kind of missed the transition then. So then her mom sold tons of copies. So then that's how we see her shift. Obviously, the money got passed down to her then. So we see her shift into now this polished, sophisticated, hot-looking journalist now who then goes into her boss calls her in and she gets a chance then to, like you said, he was asking, like, you know, where did this come from? And then some, I forget, so-and-so wants you to write a 1,500 word, you know, do you think you have enough information? And then she's like, oh, and we see her with a blank page and she just starts again making stuff up. And, And part of me was thinking to myself also, too, it's like, and I obviously watch way too many conspiracy theory type shows, but there are certain things that you write that are going to trigger certain people to look at what you're saying. You can't necessarily make up a Cold War spy <laughs> and think that no one's going to come and at least ask you where your source is because, like, that's actually some government security yeah. type of stuff. But at the same time, I think I understood that she's still a young writer. She, you know, was looking for her break. And more importantly, I think that she had shoes to fill, i.e. her mother, and as well as the fact that because I think her mom was recently deceased, she really wanted to make her mom proud. So she wasn't necessarily thinking, oh, I'm lying. She's thinking, okay, if I do this and I'm going to actually get a legitimate break, and then I'll make it all right somehow. And so I think she was just just caught up. And, and, you know, we see her in her apartment and we see her start to write. And she is definitely writing a, you know... Uh, a man with a scar who tortures people with pliers and wrenches Mm -hmm. and enjoys it. Um, And, you know, as she clicks send, we see a man coming through the lobby that has some of the very similar descriptions to the man that she just wrote Mm -hmm. about. And then all of a sudden we see, we hear um, a jingling at the door as if someone's there and, you know, in the feet in the bottom. Yeah. And we see, as always, someone goes, who's there? (laughs) And somehow nobody picks anything up. (laughs) This is where we start yelling at the TV because you would think that, okay, if she's thinking about what just has transpired, (laughs) and she made this other guy, you know, come to life or, you know, or not come to life, but she wrote the story and then the things became true that maybe she would be like, oh, especially as soon as she looked through that people and saw the scar. I mean, it took her at least, what, 10 seconds to kind of back slowly up through her hallway. It's like, no, you just run. (laughs) Get out of there. And also, too, though, I don't know. And again, it's like, I'm amazed that she didn't pick something up. And as well as the fact that, okay, silly, but we were talking. And I was like, I don't understand why everyone always runs into their apartment (laughs) when you should run into the closest room to the door, let the person come in and then run out. So anyone watching, (laughs) that's what you should do. But no, and I I mean, I but I, I did actually like how the intensity um, uh, escalated in the same point that she ran to the bathroom, she locked the door, she tried to open the window, the window wouldn't open, she went for her phone, and I thought that was going to be it. The fact that she took the the trash can and she yeah. smashed the window, I liked that because I felt that then that's when she realized regardless of who this person was, this person was out to do her harm and she had to get out. Yeah. And that scene when she literally is halfway through the window, holding on, the, holding cuts, on her, mm-hmm, cuts her hands on the glass. And, yeah, and all great. of a sudden he grabs her. I... 
jumped out of yeah. my seat and I was literally and we've I think we discussed this during our preview show that was the intensity that I that I wanted and I got it yeah. like I yeah. and as she's literally you know scratching at the floor I was I was scared and I was like yes yeah I totally great agree TV. with you. It was, it was great, great scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 then I and then it's funny because I thought that was it, and then you know as as other scenes come into play, we find out no, she is um, bound and gagged, and basically he's obviously gonna he's gonna yeah, torture so, yeah. her. So it's it's even worse than we thought, presumably, because yeah. I thought literally that was it. He's just gonna kill her. It's gonna be over with. But no, I thought so too. I thought we weren't gonna come back to see her until we found out that she got you know killed in the apartment mm-hmm. or something. But yeah, I think it was great the fact that they kept her tied up, tortured because that's what she wrote. So it, yeah. it stays good follow through all the way in this episode. Exactly, I and I think it's it's gonna come to play out that it's like, hey, where is she, and is she somewhere in the Drake? Mm-hmm. And I think again, I think we we've we've come to find out that not only does Gavin have some source of power, but the actual building itself does. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if somehow she's still in the building. Mm. She's hanging out with the birds somewhere. We didn't see the birds. Oh <laughs> goodness! But no, but she's seriously, she could totally be in the wall somewhere. But yeah, but I thought that. That entire scene played out amazingly well. And I think it also shows that, you know, every um, action has a reaction. And so at the end of the day, you, you can't simply make things up and not have a repercussion. And I think the mm-hmm. repercussion is if you kind of um, make up or or introduce evil into the world, then evil could potentially boomerang yeah. right back at you because you were the genesis of it. Mm-hmm. You put it out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why it was telling that it basically literally came back on her. Good yeah, stuff. Right. And then the only <laughs> last thing, too, is we both also noticed um, that the preview for next ep- episode, the man with the scar. Yeah. Is back in the, with, with the gun. And it, yeah, we're like, oh, he's usually we're, we're used to kind of people wrapping up in that episode. And now we wonder what all he, havoc he's going to create. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I think then, then that's telling on what is his real role. And again, we always see that Gavin is really the person pushing someone. They think they're making the deal for themselves. But really, it's that Gavin is planting something in yeah. them because Gavin wants something. So presumably... That the the man with the scar, Gavin wants him to do something yeah, for him. He's gonna, totally, it's yeah. gonna serve a purpose it's for him. T- totally serve a purpose. I know, right? I'm starting <laughs> to get like a little heebie jeebie. I'm starting to get a little, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's great. Um, do we want to talk about a little um, about Gavin and Henry? Yeah, I think it's a perfect segue. All right, so so we we see more about Gavin and his uh, what he's. I'm sorry, not Gavin, Henry, and what he really wants, what he wants out of life. So we've started to realize that he wanted to be the uh, work for, I'm sorry, let's look at the guy's name, Bill, Bill Edwards. Edwards. Yeah, the chief of staff, which interesting scene, too, with playing the racquetball with him and, and Gavin, and Gavin being like, no. Well, at first he asked what he wants, and he says, how could I forget this part? He says he wants to marry Jane. Yay. Yeah, which is sweet <laughs> for all of us romantics right. out yeah. there. <laughs> They're such a cute couple. They are very cute. Yeah. They were cast very well. They were. They have great chemistry. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy watching those two. Yeah, but so then he says, when you get asked a question, don't lead with your love life. <laughs> so so then he comes out that he wants to be Bill Edwards' chief of staff, which again, you know, Gavin's like, you need to reach a little, you know, higher. What, what more do you want? And really kind of pushing him. And I think it shows, though, that that. Henry still isn't sure what Henry wants. I think Henry has a dream, but Henry still hasn't 
hasn't stepped into that that persona yet. And I think that's why he says, well, I'm really reaching higher, but he doesn't say what that higher is. And and yeah. presumably it's that he wants to be a political candidate, which is different than assisting someone who's running for public office. Um, and I thought that that was extremely telling because it is true. And I think Gavin kind of was like, yeah, like, you know, when you have someone who's as powerful as I am and they're asking you you definitively and decisively yeah. say what you want because I potentially could give it to you. And I think he kind of was scoffing at him a little bit. Yeah. Kind of like, oh, you, you're a child. Like, you're, you're really, you may not actually, in fact, be ready. But then we quickly see, you know, they're at the club, you know, and they're having lunch or they're having drinks. And basically, you know, um, Henry's kind of concerned with what they're going to order. And he's like, no, dude, like, we don't come here to eat. We come here to network and to make deals. And he basically points out who's in the room. And more importantly, of course, who is in the of room? Course. Councilman Bill Edwards. Of course. Um, and I thought it was it was such a subtle scene. And again, Terry O'Quinn, I, my hat's off to you and, and, and just how you play this role. You know, he basically said to him, he was like, don't come back without the job. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and basically, you know, Gavin was like, oh, but I have an interview in four weeks. And, and he's like, dude, like you have to take what you want. Mm-hmm. So basically go there and get your job. Yeah. I, and I think with Gavin, I do think he deep down does know what he wants. I mean, I think I personally think he wants to be mayor or something mm-hmm. very high up in New York, but I think he's kind of, you know, doesn't have, doesn't have the confidence, you know, and it's just doesn't want to say things like that because he might be like, seem foolish or that people will think that he's foolish by having such high aspirations. Um, so I think that's really what Gavin is tapping into too. Like he knows that he's, you know, he's got ethics and he's a hard worker and that he really probably could really be really successful at that kind of thing if that's what he wanted. So now kind of testing him to really push his confidence and see what, you know, how bad he wants it and if he can go after it. That's a, that's a very, very good point. And I mean, and I think that that Henry proved that he can Mm -hmm. because I thought that interaction with Councilman Bill Edwards was so telling because there was a moment when you really thought he was going to go back to the table with his, you know, his tail between his, his legs. But then I think he, he remembered who he was and Mm -hmm. he remembered how intelligent he is and he remembered why it is that he basically should be, you know, Councilman Bill Edwards, chief of staff. And I think that by telling him, you know, you're basically going to lose this election, he tapped into what the councilman wants. Mm -hmm. And what the councilman wants is to keep moving forward in political office. And obviously, if he loses this next election, his career is done, as well as obviously told him in a way that he has insight into the projects that he's working on that he not even he may be privy to. Yeah, he really made himself valuable to him and and made it seem like he knew, like you were saying, like he knew ways because he's more, you know, with the people more aware of things that are going on and yeah made himself a value yeah and 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 again i loved love this episode because i didn't see the next scene coming either i really was like yay i was like henry did it like you know he came came home he had an interaction um with brian and they were gonna go celebrate and i was like yeah and you know and he told he told um he told uh jane and everyone was all excited and then all of a sudden we see the councilman yeah in 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 Gavin's office and I was like 
Dude. Yeah, I was really bummed at that one, too, because I was ready to cheer on Henry, like, good job, buddy. And, and then to find out that he just, you know, he's like, it, Bill Edwards says, oh, I hired your boy. You right. know, it's like, oh, no, really? Yeah. And then <laughs> one's payment. Like, he's yeah. like, OK, he's like, cool. I did what you asked me to do. Like and and but this is what I thought was great is I thought it was really great. And it shows that Gavin definitely sees something in Henry, like we have stated before, that's different than I think all of the other, quote unquote, tenants or all the other people he's made deals with, because I think the fact that he says, no, Henry is your is your payment. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you can't get a better hire. I think he he genuinely thinks that Henry potentially is the best person for the job, even though obviously he placed him there for a reason. But then, you know, you you come to find out that, you know, uh, Bill Edwards obviously wants something higher, that there's another investor and that what the investor has to offer is more than money because uh, the whole deal was set up for, I think, Greenpoint, the yeah, Greenpoint project. Um, and again, oh, actually, you know, let me just jump back real quick, is that I thought it was also really great the way that Gavin basically said to Henry, he was like, we're the same. We came from nothing. Yeah. We basically have to take what we want. So again, I think there's that kinship that mm-hmm. obviously Gavin wasn't born with a silver spoon in his mouth and he connects with Henry basically he really sees himself in Henry, but again, that I think leads back to why he wants him so bad. Yeah. Um, but then I thought it was telling that, you know, when when Bill Edwards basically was like, I, you know, have a bigger investor who's offering me more than money. He's he basically is tapping into what I really want, which we mm. didn't hear, but we can basically surmise. But when, you know, Gavin realizes he's not gonna close the deal. Yep. See ya. <laughs> We both weren't ready for that I one. I was not ready like, for it. Like, I literally, when the elevator opened, I thought, okay, the councilman's going to go down the elevator. He's going to run into um, to um, Henry. Henry. Henry's going to be like, oh, what are you doing here? Yep. And that's going to be kind of the like tension. Like an awkward moment. That's uh-huh. going to be an awkward moment. But Gavin basically just with the doors open and Gavin just pushed him <laughs> yeah. in the elevator shaft. And, you know, you <laughs> see him going. fall and then you see this kind of light that obviously the building swallowed yeah. him whole. Um, and as we've obviously seen, the elevators obviously are the quote unquote, you know, the, the foundation structure of the building, but obviously mm. have some semblance of power in of themselves with Louise. Yeah. Um, and obviously now with, with the councilman. I'd be taking the stairs. I don't care. About I, I agree. <laughs> Hive. It's like yeah. ten, the tenth floor or the th- like the thirtieth floor. I, I get my with workout. <laughs> but I and, and I and it's funny. I had said to when we were watching. I had said to JJ, "There's a part of me that was actually happy that Gavin did it himself." Because mm-hmm. I think up until this point, we've only seen Gavin use other people, but not necessarily get his hands dirty. So I'm not saying that I'm glad that he did it himself, but I'm <laughs> glad that he obviously is not above doing it mm-hmm. himself. And I thought that, you know, obviously in that moment, he felt like he had no other choice. So he had to get rid of the the situation. He had to get rid yeah. of the equation. Which ups the stakes now from here on out, too, because we know he's perfectly capable of getting rid of anybody <laughs> anytime he wants. Exactly. Too. Exactly. So. Mm-hmm. And I think it's uh, and I think we're going to we're going to come to find out that s- somehow that act again, which I think is going to come to bite him, bite him is that we saw from the next episode that there's going to be some kind of investigation, obviously into his disappearance or his death. Mm-hmm. And obviously um, uh, Henry's going to get pulled into it in some way. And I think that's going to be very telling that there was a picture of the two of them together, exactly. right? It was in the trailer. 
Exactly. And I think and I think possibly it shows that that wasn't a calculated move by Gavin. It really was a move based on emotion. And that's not necessarily good mm. for Gavin. If it's calculated, then then Gavin is is moving all the chess pieces He's in control. He's in control. But this, I think, was an emotional mm. act. And I think that's why possibly the ramifications are going to kind of start to spin out of control. And I think it's going to make for a, a great next episode. Yeah, that, that's very interesting. Yeah. yeah, you know, so, whew, but again, yeah, I'm like, I'm going to be very cognizant now of anyone asking me what I want to be very clear. But then at the same time, I just need to m- remain mute because I'm not sure if I'm willing to, to pay the price for for exactly what I want. Yeah, you know, but, you know, and one of the things that I love is that is that and we've said this before that I think not only um, is the building a character, I think that New York is also a character. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it seems like they're kind of doing it in real time. So it kind of seems like it's fall. And for me, I love fall because yeah. fall TV is absolutely amazing. And, you know, obviously you're listening or you're watching the the podcast for 666 Park Avenue. But here at AfterBuzz TV, we have so many other amazing shows that we do podcasts on. Um, and and some of the, the amazing ones that are a part of the fall lineup are Homeland, Dexter, Sons of Anarchy, uh, Scandal, Revenge, Once Upon a Time, The Walking Dead. And we even have reality shows. We have Jersey Shore. We have Amazing Race. So whatever you're into, I guarantee you we have a podcast for you. (laughs) And even if we don't have a podcast for you, just jump online and tell us. So, you know, definitely check us out. You can check us out on multiple ways. You can either go to AfterBuzzTV.com, check out all the shows we're doing for this fall, or you can also go to iTunes.com and just click in AfterBuzzTV and literally the entire lineup of shows that we're doing for fall or, more importantly, shows that we've already done. We do shows all year round. Isn't TV amazing? So just check (laughs) us out, but definitely check out the fall shows. And again, check out 666 Park Avenue or Dexter or Scandal or Revenge or any of the other amazing shows we do here at AfterBuzzTV.com. Yeah, there's so many fun ones and so many fun hosts and conversations. It's just great. You know, if you're at work, don't tell your boss, but just download and listen to them. It's a, you know, there, there's many fascinating conversations you could be a part of. And it's so funny that JJ said that because, again, iTunes has actually this really amazing app. And the app, you basically can download the app and it basically organizes all of your podcasts for you. And the funny thing is, I think it's a great thing to do when you're at work <laughs> or also if you're at the gym or you're on the train or the bus or wherever you live, whatever mode of transportation, you know, during that time when you're either going to work or coming from work, you know, just kind mm-hmm. of press play on your little podcast and you, and you listen away. I think it makes the time go a lot quicker. Yeah. It's a great way. You know? Yes, it yeah, is. So whether or not at work or at play, listen to us <laughs> via iTunes.com or After Buzz TV. And call in anytime, too. Yeah. Talk to us in here. Um, all right. So we want to touch on, on a few of the other characters mm-hmm. just briefly. Um, so we have Brian and Louise, who Louise is miraculously healed. You know, they say after one night back in the Drake, all of her pain has gone away. So she's back and ready to, you know, be alive in the Drake. And Brian, oh, I, sorry to backtrack. Yeah. How about the moment when Henry is in Brian's apartment and he looks out the window <laughs> and we see that now, it was curious to see if he would actually see her, you know, undressing at the time. And, and he does. So Henry sees Alexis stripping, which she thinks is going to be for Brian, teasing. And then she is just totally shies away, runs away. And interesting. Pulls look, the curtains. Yeah. 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 And uh, Brian, I think, says, what, nice view, huh? (laughs) (laughs) 
Good moment between the two yeah, guys, they, they, I thought. Are, but, I, but again, and I think it's also telling, though, because even though um, uh, Henry kind of was like, yeah, dude, there still was that hesitation, like, like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, not necessarily what are you doing, but kind of like, not necessarily like, yeah, dude. Yeah. It was kind of more like, okay, cool, like New York. I've always wanted to, to live here, obviously, as we heard from from Jane, but kind of was a little bit more like, that's not my deal. Like, yeah. that's not my scene. Yeah, and I wondered if he had a moment of thinking of, too, like, she clearly thought she knew the person that was going to be watching. So I think he was a little starting to get clued in that, you know, Brian and, and her, I mean, I don't think he fully went, right. got that long, but but there was a moment of hesitation where he kind of looked at Brian and Brian, that's when he kind of made that comment and brushed it off. I agree. But I think he did recognize that she thought she was putting on a show for somebody that clearly wasn't Henry. Exactly. <laughs> it wasn't her first time just <sighs> hanging out at the window. Yeah, so, very much so. But yeah. and, and I thought it was great because I think that there were two main things is that the fact that they specifically said after a night at the Drake, she was miraculously better. I think that obviously there's been a shift and and they obviously they I'm really saying they and I really mean the Drake and or Gavin. They want Brian happy and they're realizing that that in order for for Brian, in order to keep Brian at the Drake. Louise has to be happy. Mm-hmm. And so I think that miraculously it's the building and also the $300,000 check that Gavin obviously cut her basically to be like, oh, sorry for the elevator. Here's, you know, almost more than a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's clearly more of a superficial chick who is kind of bought by money and wants the glamorous lifestyle of saying that she lives there. They live in this, because she even says, you know, why would we want to leave? This apartment is fantastic. Yeah. I don't know. If an elevator just tried to kill me, I think I'd get the heck out of there right. and be, you know, and so it's it's clearly she wants that high society kind of lifestyle, you know, and, and um, I think that's also why Alexis is going to be able to really get in there more to damage her relationship with Brian because even like we were saying we're like okay this is just silly that she would invite Alexis out to go dancing with them with her boyfriend and this you know totally hot Alexis and and another couple like it's just it's like a no, third no wheel. woman like, why yeah. would you do that no yeah. woman would do that and it would just make it awkward you know for everybody so but I thought what was great though because we I was literally like yelling at the screen the, the, the TV I was like are you kidding me but then I realized why they did it and I think they did it because of her backstory and and that obviously she used to basically kind of be like a club kid. And that in mm-hmm. the dynamic of their relationship, Brian was actually the catch. Brian had just done this play on Broadway. He was a yeah. big deal. She was this club kid. You know what I mean? She was in the scene. He probably was attracted to her. And that's how they got together. And then all of a sudden a shift happened. Mm-hmm. Because he then probably, you know, you're only as good as you're the last play or the last book that you've you've written. And, and probably, presumably at that time she took up photography. Now she's become this amazing photographer. Mm-hmm. And he is just someone who who had a play on Broadway back when, mm-hmm. that that's probably showing that she is a little bit more, um, not fast and loose, that's not the word I want to use, but she is oh, a little bit more like, of a partier. Yeah. She's a little bit more of a partier. And so that's why even she doesn't even think it's weird that she has her new assistant out partying with them. You know She's just I mean? like, it's fun, come it's, along, exactly. we'll all go celebrate and have a good time. Exactly. Yeah. But I thought it was telling that, he, there was a moment when he literally was like, okay, no, cool, we have to leave. Because he, he could see that something was going on, yeah. and he could see that the way that Alexis was looking at his wife, and the way that he yes. that Alexis was looking at him, he was like, no, honey, we have to go home, and by go home, it means just the two of us. Yeah. And I was actually very happy that she went. I thought she wasn't going to. Mm-hmm. I thought she was going to put up a fight. 
And the fact that she didn't, I thought that was actually great. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And it's interesting to see Brian, because we didn't see him kind of in this episode now giving into, well, there wasn't any interaction mm-hmm. with him and Alexis right. or her flirting or, you know, because it looks like from last time with the kiss scene and in the shower that there was maybe, it was maybe going to be different this episode. Exactly. But so. I think, I think he, I, and again, I think it, it shows that I think he's a good character. And I think that, you know, the fact that he, you know, asked, asked James like, oh, he's like, oh, you're a lawyer. He's like, cool. Like you can look at my, my, mm-hmm. my lease agreement, see if I can get out of it. And then they're, and you know, of course, James is kind of like, what? I'm sorry, not James, Henry. Yeah. Henry is like, oh, well, dude, like, why would you ever want to break the lease? But he looks at it, and I think, again, it's telling that he was like, you know, Gavin writes an ironclad yeah. agreement. Um, but I thought it was really um, telling. Again, James somehow always kind of steps oversteps and says one something that she shouldn't say. And the fact that she's yeah. like, oh, well, yeah, it's like maybe just because your boyfriend told you that maybe you shouldn't be talking about it. Like it it may be a little bit secretive and, and just, I have to go there. He was talking to your boyfriend because he's a lawyer. So technically like Henry shouldn't have told Jane, like there's not really an attorney client privilege, but there is a subtlety to it where at least Jane should know better than to basically then divulge that information back to the person. And just keep that. Exactly. Everyone wants to assume that that information isn't part of pillow talk, even though people know it is, it's better to to have that facade that it's not. Um, And again, I think, you know, obviously then it allowed Louise to be like, wait, what the hell are you talking about? Like, why would we ever leave? Gavin made it right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very telling. She's like, Gavin made it right. We have no problem. But I think that, no, he's being a good husband. And he basically was like, no, there's obviously this temptation. This woman obviously is coming for me in a way that I don't necessarily think I can stop, even if I tell her no, because mm-hmm. that wasn't a coincidence that she walked in on them in the morning. Just going to bring that up. The fact that she walks in when they're having sex and yeah. Do you know what I mean? She's like, oh, but I knocked and I would have, no, dude. Yeah, because who goes into, oh, yeah, a couple's room, if, if you know, <laughs> if the door is closed and they're in the room, you, you even if you heard the voices and they're not going to go ahead and open the door and, I mean, right. come on. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. hello, it's like, that's why we have cell phones. Like, it's 2012. Yeah. yeah. But I thought, again, it, it was it was telling that she was basically also saying, like, I have this much control that I can come in whenever I want and, and take her away whenever I want. Well, because he even made the comment, like, you're about to get screwed you know at the at the end when so yeah so she i think you're exactly right on that she stopped it before they yeah they could yeah but and i but the only thing that i i don't understand is has the deal been made yet between between brian and gavin because is it that he's trying to play with him to get him to a point where he then makes a deal? Because obviously he hasn't written anything in a yeah. while, right? And he's and, and Gavin has said, we have high hopes for you. We expect great things from you. But nothing's happening. Yeah. So why is he playing with him? Like, what's the end game? And I feel like maybe it's because the deal hasn't been made yet. That's a good point because we don't really know. Yeah. You know, because he brought that up when it was with the, the symphony guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so, so we, but we did never see him making any sort of deal or no for sure so he could have just yeah i don't know that'll be interesting to see yeah because he's obvious because obviously alexis that character is obviously there for a reason to to cause some kind of turmoil so that he has to ask for something whether or not it's a favor something has to that has to come to a head in a way where gavin's gonna step in and fix it yeah i feel like you're right because i feel like if they already had the deal it wouldn't be necessary right yeah yeah Mm-hmm. I'm interested to find out mm-hmm. because I'm because definitely Louise is not going to roll over. No, 
No, no. No, and Louise, yeah, I think she's going to, I think her, her, I think her values are really going to, I think we're going to see some, her allowing some nasty things to happen just because she likes to, uh, we should say that for predictions, but I don't know. It just seems like she likes the lifestyle so much that I just really see that causing a lot of problems between her and her and Brian. I agree. Yeah, I think she might turn her back for what Gavin has to offer. But that's a very I good point. Know. That's a that's a very 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 good point. That's a very good point. Yeah. Well, do we have some news and gossip? Um, actually, I think we mentioned it. We mentioned it last week, but I also just happened to see um, a tweet um, that uh, Whoopi Goldberg was actually mm-hmm. on set. I think it was on Friday because she actually tweeted her her Twitter fans and was like, "Okay, you guys, I'm going to be off Twitter for a while because I'm about to to start shooting my episode of 66 Park Avenue." I was like so waiting for her to jump <laughs> back on Twitter to like divulge a little bit, but she didn't. Nothing. Well, we have a little more on that. Um... <laughs> yeah, just to go along, I, we had a couple more details that she is going to play a character named, I could be pronouncing this wrong, Maurice Elder, um, and she, it'll be on the ninth episode. Okay. So we have to wait a few more. Um, so info on her is that Elder is a reclusive resident of the Drake. Ooh. Do you think she, I was going to, not Nana's grandma. Oh, Nona's, yeah, Nona's, Nona's grandma? grandma. Huh. I don't know. Anyway, we'll see. Anyway, so she's a reclusive resident of the Drake, uses hypnosis to help Jane explore her supernatural connection to the haunted apartment building. So I think I think you may just made a good prediction without realizing. I think it could be known as grandma. Maybe. Well, because it's just the reclusive because they always says the reclusive and and the hypnosis to tap into her powers. Yeah. Woohoo! There we go. All right. Um, oh, and then also, too, you just saw something um, for Shape Magazine. Yes, yes. I was going to read this one. It was pretty funny. There was a little uh, tweet from Shape Magazine, and it said, If nightmares burn calories, we'll be skinny by the end of the season. Thanks a lot, 666 Park Avenue and ABC. So you got Shape Magazine as fans of the show, so that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we, the other other news we had, which we won't touch on very long, is that the the ratings last week were down. Um, so we're just really hoping that you know with these episodes picking up, that ratings are going to pick back up, and uh, we'll just have more exciting things to come. And, and from I the think show. it was it was I think it was a slow Sunday in yeah, general. I think that ratings were down for Sunday. I, I can't recall, but I think football was on on Sunday, and I ironically we're actually both football it's, girls. Um, so I think that was maybe playing into it. And sometimes I just you just get a, a slow start, but I definitely think this episode the numbers are going to go up because I felt like the pace and the tension um, it was just great. Yeah, I think so too. I think the pacing definitely picked up this time, mm-hmm. and it was very interesting. It kind it kept you. It did a good job of moving its way all the way to the end. Which, by the way, we didn't touch on the end if we want to touch on that real fast. Um, So the girl says, don't let him out. Don't let let him out for this suitcase. So then, of course, what does she do? She goes down and not only does she not open the suitcase down there where it's a little bit safer, she brings it up to her own apartment. (laughs) This is my only thing with Jane is for someone who has been locked in a room who has presumably seen blood flowing from a door of a secret room and now also is starting to question whether or not she herself is actually crazy then to me you do one of two things either you think that you're crazy and you stay in your room or you think that you are not crazy and you wake up your boyfriend and you either have him go with you or at least you tell him where you're going so the fact that she 
constantly is is following this this bell. Mm-hmm. Goes downstairs, just like you said, sees this suitcase after the 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 child has told her like don't let him out, and <laughs> and obviously the little girl's not like a happy ghost. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not a happy ghost. And just like you said, not only does she leave it downstairs, she brings it yeah. into her apartment. Yeah, that took it to another level for me because I was like, if, if all that crazy, you know, like you said, the blood on the door. That's the last time she just saw that door. Just gushing out blood and voices and then so to take it out of there and bring it up to her very to her bedroom is yeah. like no no that's, that's not gonna be good yeah and also I think she's not she's not respecting the fact that and I and I can't remember a couple of people who've said it in this episode and previous episodes things are usually closed off for a reason mm-hmm. walls and doors are made for a reason and I think she's not respecting that and I think there's a little bit of hubris of thinking okay no 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 well I'm supposed to restore the Drake to its original glory without thinking okay well maybe that door was placed there for a reason and why am I gonna and and she's not valuing her own intuition whatever made her hear the noise see the bell see the suitcase she should have just left it there Mm -hmm. but the fact that she brought it and didn't think to herself why am I bringing this up what's the connection not That's good. where sometimes her visions, they're, they're a little confusing because I did think the pace of her walk this time, like she got out of bed super quickly and she got back into bed super mm-hmm. quickly. So it made it really seem like it was more of almost trance-like this time a good for point. me. Yeah. So it, I think it does get oh. a little confusing of like what's the vision, what is kind of like a trance that she's not aware of. You know, it's I think that's a very still, good point. I just that was yeah I don't know that's a very good point I think we'll see in, in the in the next episode because this next episode seems like the that uh, Gavin and Henry it's gonna come to a head yeah so let's get predictions yeah predictions and now, <laughs> my predictions yeah predictions <laughs> my prediction is that in this next episode. Not only are Gavin and Henry going to come to a head, there has to be a disconnect, a further disconnect between Henry and Jane. Because mm-hmm. that really, that really has to happen. Even though they said that the, that Jane is the way in, I think Jane is the way in in terms of separating the two of them. I think that that Henry's star is going to rise mm-hmm. as she basically becomes more confused, more hesitant, more unaware of her own intuition and her own instincts. And so I think that somehow this next storyline is going to highlight that in addition to pitting Henry against Gavin, but somehow, even though the clips show that, I still don't see that happening so early yeah. in the in the season. Yeah, I need to rewatch that trailer at the end again because it's tough to catch it all in the one time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think Henry is going to get very into the, the politics, and then you, you could see him feeling very like proud and have this boost after he got the job, you know, with Edwards. So I think um, once he gets more has more of that side of his character come out that he is going to lose like Jane a little bit and then I think we'll see more of Jane exploring the the supernatural and as of course as she gets well it won't be this episode with Whoopi but um I I think I'd like to see no I'm sorry Nona Nona. Nona, come Mm -hmm. back next episode because I really like that character and I would like to see her and Jane have a little more interaction and kind of figuring out their powers together I agree I agree. We'll see. But again, great pace. I, I loved how even now we're talking, I'm still a little bit like, ooh, I'm still thinking about Annie being dragged away. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was just still a great scene. And do you think, so sh- we, last we saw her as tortured, so you think, but we didn't see her in the trailer, did we? We didn't see For- her in the trailer, but we, we again, we, we still saw know. the guy with the scar. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> Good stuff. I agree, I agree. <laughs> and again, the dead don't stay dead. Yeah. They'll keep coming back. Exactly. At the Drake. It actually is say. It is say? Yeah, it is say. The I dead don't say dead. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. All right. Well, <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for watching. It's been great. Come back. Watch us again next week for another wonderful episode of 666 Park Avenue. Uh, you can catch me at JJ Jurgens on Twitter. And on uh, Twitter, you can find me at Sophia Stanley. All right. Thank you guys so much. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 